this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, now streaming only on Hulu. The Morning Show, Season 3, Episode 6, The Stanford Student is over. But here on Post Show Recaps, we're just getting started. My name is Grace, but of course, I'm not alone. I'm with Ariel. Ariel, how are you doing? I'm good. I, I have this algorithm that I created, and you're using it to predict what podcast topic we're going to discuss next, okay. so I don't, I don't really like that. Pay $5 for it. <laughs> I think it's a pretty bad idea. I don't think it's going to work out. I'll give you $5. I'll give five how bucks. expensive could it be? It's a banana, Michael. <laughs> I'm it. actually also texting Josh about selling it for $50 million <laughs> in the back. You're, you're like, you're already, the, the deal isn't even secured and you're already trying to like make money off it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yes. The Morning Show, The Stanford Student. We're here. We're talking about season three of The Morning Show. Make sure you subscribe. Postrecaps.com slash morning show. Errol, what'd you make of this episode? You know I'm a great least fan. There was a deep, mm-hmm. deep like <laughs> inhale, exhale. I know. Yeah. Sometimes you say um, I, 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 or uh, yeah, yeah. I think so that's when it's really bad. So it wasn't that bad. Just no. Yes. I, I, I is usually if it's really bad or if I'm yeah. laughing too much and I'm trying uh-huh. to like get a handle on myself. Uh huh. I I love Greta Lee content, and I think this was a really good episode for her character. And we finally, finally learned this thing that happened to her. 
and I'm super interested in talking about that. I love the scenes that she had with with Paul John Hamm's character. You know, it's a it's a mixed bag overall, but I think this episode more so than than some of the other like less effective overall episodes did a good job of like using each character's motivations, personal motivations to move their story along in a way that made sense for them. Mm -hmm. And the biggest compliment I could give it, which a lot of people be like, that's not a compliment is you made this to the point of like some natural disasters or real world events and the way Mm -hmm. they kind of like use them, which is a point I want to come back to later. It feels very much like Grey's Anatomy. And there was like Mm -hmm. a storyline specifically or a a conversation within a storyline specifically that I was like, holy crap, this is like ripped from the Grey's Anatomy headlines. And so it's definitely, you know, emotionally effective, but I think it's, it's like what I always say. It's, it's a, it's a show that like wants so badly to be good and to be, let me let me like use the the nuance that it deserves. Wants to be great, right? Like wants yeah. to be true prestige, like Emmy nominated. If you Emmy yeah, nominated, wants, yeah. yeah. And it's a little bit of a mess. And you yeah. have all of these ad, like big name actors, as we always like to talk about, especially mm-hmm. me, in it. And I'm never not like of two minds when I'm watching it where I'm like watching the thing and I'm like either invested or half invested in whatever the thing is on the screen. But then I'm also like, holy crap, it's John Hamm or holy crap, it's Juliana yeah. Margulies. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> well, last week, seemingly the, the woman who showed up and I can't remember her name, but to like, she's like recognizable. She's from yes, uh, Natalie Morales. Yeah, yeah. 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 And then she's just like, all right, I guess she's no, not really, I really in the show hope, anymore. Oh God. If that was her only episode, that was like barely a cameo. And as I said in a previous podcast that you and I recorded about the exorcist, she deserves better. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Let's talk about the headlines. I feel like this episode sort of has like two paths and we sort of like, basically everybody's in one of two storylines, basically with a couple of scenes that intermingle. Um, but basically we have Paul Marks and Stella and Alex, where mm-hmm. Stella is still unsure about this, whether or not this deal should go through, but she does not want this deal to go through. Alex would like to interview Paul Marks on Alex Unfiltered. Corey says no, but she goes ahead and books it anyway by asking Paul Marks directly. He agrees to do it, and in doing so, Chip starts trying to dig up dirt on him, and Stella agrees to tell him about the patent that that um, he bought for pretty cheap based on how much money he was able to buy it from, and also that he manipulated basically the app to be what was potentially for the good, then became uh, a police surveillance tool. So um, all that happens ultimately culminating in an interview that goes pretty well for Paul um, and some after the interview that goes pretty well for Paul as he sleeps mm-hmm. with Alex and then tells Stella that uh, you know he didn't know that she took it that hard. She actually the reveal is that she actually um had depression and tried to commit suicide um based on how, how you know her feelings about this thing that happened yeah. and he tries to make it up by offering her Corey's job basically um meanwhile bradley hal is visiting bradley and he has decided that he is going to turn himself in to the fbi uh, as to lessen his sentence for january 6th she does not want him to do this and in fact interviews a man who has been you know convicted of or like arrested for January 6th um, activities to basically show him why it's a very bad idea to do this. She um, 
Laura goes to visit Hal to basically sort of apologize and thinks that the reason why Laura and Bradley are having a tough time being together is because Hal doesn't support them and she begs Hal to support them. Hal ultimately decides not to uh, turn himself into the FBI and goes home with his wife, Cheryl, and his daughter, Taylor, whereas Corey did not really approve of Bradley's decision to interview the January 6th uh, on the evening (laughs) news. Yeah. And that's basically what happens in the Stanford student. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what's your biggest take? It's that Paul and Alex slept together, right? This is John Hamm and Jennifer Aniston finally, finally. They were finally like, listen. I like to think yeah. that they were in their, one of their respective trailers. And I'm like, listen, we need to like, uh, I don't know, I guess to go full bloom for a second. We need to bang yeah. it out. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh huh. We need to figure out both, like in real life, yes. and on the show, yes. And see where we now. I mean, of course, it was inevitable in a sense, right? Like we've kind of been leading up to this. There's the 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 Coney Island date. I love the way in this episode where Alex and Corey are talking, and Corey is like, "You don't get to do this. You you've been like so chaotic with this whole Paul thing, and you like messed it up and whatever." And I love She's like, listen, I know I pushed him out of the boat and I'm pulling him back in. And like, maybe that was. Yeah. But the Mm -hmm. way that she is, I'm just so fascinated. I've said this before and I will continue to say it. I'm so fascinated by her character and her character's motivations and how she at times has stood with like the old guard and, and like not really stood up for real change. And at the end of the day, it's more about like for her, whether she realizes it or not, whether she's lying herself or not. It's more about personal ambition and how she can leverage whatever the situation is for her own personal benefit. And like here, she's like, I want to interview him on my show. And the way I kind of thought it, it, it did, I did rub up against a little bit the way that she was just able to do the interview. Even though that's Corey funny, they rubbed up against each other to. too. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, there was a lot was of that. <laughs> and he didn't. And then we get a phone call between Corey and. Paul marks after it's already after the interview has already happened. Yeah. He's like, we don't have to air it. Yeah. We don't have to air it. You know, Alex with like crazy ideas, like she loves to, you know, be impulsive, whatever it is that he says. But um, yeah, this Alex thing is so, cause like now he's potentially, even before all that happens, right. They have like that, that meeting at the beginning of the episode where he's standing in front of everybody in the newsroom. We've seen like speeches and, and different conversations happen in this room a million times, but this feels so different mm-hmm. for him to be taking over the news org, the entire company beyond just the morning show and have to stand there. And Alex is like grilling him about, you know, actually it's it's a little bit of a, of a call to what's to come, but like, you know, Mm -hmm. there, there's a story that she's citing of like some, I believe it's in Texas and like police are using this, like his program to like racially profile. And it's, she's, she's just like, testing him and like not even testing him i think the more apt metaphor is like prodding him poking him like trying to get a reaction out of him but she's doing it in public in front of everyone and everyone's kind of noticing and no one's really aware of what's going on but except Corey, who's like please stop doing well i'm not not that he doesn't notice the chemistry yeah yeah yeah. but speaking of the chemistry chip now has i mean beyond the stella thing that we'll get to he gets a storyline finally this and it like is interesting to me that like yeah. clearly his storyline this season was going to be 
him having feeling or like coming to terms with or somebody having to tell him that his aka his fiance to tell him that like he basically has feelings for alex because that's never something that i necessarily believed but i and i don't love it but i think it's interesting in the way it played out in this episode i thought was like fairly compelling yeah, it's definitely my least favorite. I meant to put it as one of my. I was like, "Oh yeah, you did so, it," and then I forgot. I just forgot because it's so forgetful. I feel like he's been so underutilized that to have this be the thing. And the other piece of it that I don't think I I love. I I'm not sure whether John Hamm is going to be on the show for more than one season. I mean, Steve Carell gets put into this role in season one where he's sort of like ousted from the morning show, rightly so. And then in season two, he has this like limited role, and obviously he ends up dying. I don't know. I wonder what like John Hamm. I wonder what the story here will be like in terms of if they only think they're going to get John Hamm for a season. Right. I think I think it's entirely possible he stays on for what it's worth. But if he's only yeah, on, I hadn't really thought yeah. about that. I think that's fascinating. If he's only on for one, is the story like I don't I don't think I really want Chip and and um, Alex to be together. So I, you know, the story has to resolve. You know in a way that I think either is like, maybe he's leaving. Maybe, maybe Duplass is leaving the show. Maybe Chip's leaving the show. Maybe. Is this a way to like write him out of like, I can't work with you. Like I need my distance because I don't, I'm not like, I don't want to confront these feelings. And I, I agree with you. I think in the sense of like, I do not want this. Like, I, I think it's personally a little bit compelling for him, certainly based on how it's know, more than he's got his character has yeah. early this season. But I think overall the, the idea of like how he learns it is interesting, but I do not, I want to be clear and emphatic. I do not want him to end up with Alex. I think that would be like a grave error. The one thing we've done the storyline with Chip where I think it's his actual wife who's on the show. Who's also, was also in the league with him where when he's dating her, he leaves, he gets fired right at the end of season one. Yes. Right. Yeah. And he's working for some, something else. And he's like, this is great. My life is actually great. I like work nine to five. And, yeah. Yeah. And then, and then he leaves her to come back with Alex. Alex like demands that he be rehired back. So if the, you know, if we're retreading this, oh yeah, like oh yeah, I was really happy. I actually, I don't mind that. I don't mind the fact that they showed us that like Chip can actually be happy, and he basically is like, even when he's with Alex, he's a little bit miserable, you know, and, and doing this this particular job. If this is a way to maybe potentially write him out of the mm-hmm. show, I don't mind. I I don't. I think I don't know that I mind a story about s- somebody who has feeling for somebody, and yet that will never happen for him. You know, the idea that like Chip is in love with Alex and Alex isn't in love with chip and how that works in a workplace setting. It feels fine. I, I don't know. I don't love it, but could be fine. You know, I just don't know if I trust the show to handle it perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly would not blame you. I did love genuinely when, because it's happened a couple of times and I love that it's like a running bit. Now Alex walks into her I'm not even sure whose office it is but they were doing it in her apartment at one point so nothing uh-huh. nothing would surprise me but she catches them kind of in a moment where he's like close to her where Ch- Chip is close to It's him. my favorite line of the episode. Beyonce. <laughs> my favorite. He, like he very quickly when he sees Alex like yes. jumps back and she's like very subtle. Very subtle. <laughs> she does, and then, and then she says her next sentence so quickly. She's like I'm interviewing Paul Mark. It's so funny. It's so funny. Yeah. See, I guess maybe the thing I'm thinking is that why I, I don't mind it and why I don't like it. One is I feel like we're we're really close to this storyline in the sense that 
Corey was in love with Bradley. And and now we're kind of like, for me, in an interesting place in that to like basically be at the beginning of something like this again, where it's like, you know, somebody interested in someone else and they maybe not want to reciprocate it. But the one thing I, I think that is at least different enough that maybe it could work is that I, Corey is Bradley's boss, whereas Alex is Chip's boss. So that it's like a, the power dynamic is like flipped in those two scenarios where it's weird. Like it's almost like worse that Corey has a crush on Brad and like, you know, cause that's more messy when you're someone's boss um, versus like ch at least Chip isn't Alex's boss, you know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know if I love it. So I think that, you know, that you were right to leave it out. And that's like, frankly, the most interesting part of that whole story was just that end part where Chip like is like, oh, let's get married tomorrow to his fiance. And like, I love that her best piece of acting when she has to to cry and be like, I want you to I want I want you to want it for me because of me, not because of her. And he's like, oh, what? No, I, I, but like, it's so clear that he hadn't even like considered it. And then she just turned, I thought that was like literally and unequivocally her best moment. And she should submit it for, she should just keep that for her real, for her acting real. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's stick with, uh, we talked about Paul and, and we talked about uh, Paul and, and Alex. Um, I did, I thought that the way that he, it feels like this is going to be so bad for Paul, the interview and the way that it actually, he's very good at turning it around um, mm -hmm. and gets a good soundbite out of it. And the, the sort of anxiety that then causes Stella as she's watching it, who knows that this is what he does. He's so manipulative. Right. Yeah. Um, and so watching her watch the interview at the end, I thought was, I, I thought it was very clever to like not have Paul Marks fall on his face for this yeah. is the reason some of these people are successful because they're schmooze, schmoozers and can turn, whatever they need to into whatever the they time. need to say. Yeah. Even like in a, in a somewhat gotcha piece, at least of an interview. And I agree. I was like very pleasantly surprised. I'm not surprised at all for John Hamm to be so charming. I think I, I think I've already said it on the podcast of like, this is as charming as I have felt him be basically since mad men like he's just so watch good omens. he's role. pretty charming in good omens you should watch that show but yeah. i have heard many many great things yeah. i don't even know he was on that so yeah. just another reason to watch but i'm like even surprised i'm like oh damn like i know mm -hmm. i i can hear stella in the back of my mind at yeah. all times as you always point out too like saying he's ruthless and like that's that's a very very specific word to use about a person and i'm like but is he He's being ruthlessly charming in this, in this, uh, in this piece, and the way he pivots of the thing of like sounding genuinely, it does seem like, and he's not a fool, right? Like Alex is is very appropriately keeping the identity and gender of this person who she is reporting about. We, you know, we know it's Stella. And Paul probably realizes it's Stella, right? It's like how many, unless he like stole algorithms like this from everyone. There's like Which one, one did I? Yeah. And he's obviously connected. Like it all makes sense. And then in real time for him to to sound to sound genuinely apologetic, genuinely remorseful, mm -hmm. spin it into a story about how he worked so hard to get to where he was and how he had to learn a lot of hard lessons. And now his company has changed their policies and the way they do things. So ostensibly the way in which that thing happened to Stella won't happen to someone else. 
it's kind of crazy to watch in real time. And I love what they do on this show. I mean, they do it on a lot of other shows, but like when you watch the dawning on other people's faces who are sitting, who are like standing there watching the interview, be like, Oh wow, that actually was really good. (laughs) That was like a really good moment for him. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating. Like you said, and it's great to have a, for as much as Paul is a villain in Stella's eyes and was like being presented as a, as the potential big villain. Right. Mm -hmm. It's, it's always so compelling to be, to be charmed by them and to kind of think, well, they're not wrong. Maybe, maybe it'd be fine to have them around. What could go wrong? Yeah. So yeah, then he's going to offer her Corey's position. The one thing that I, I had always joke about this with succession was that all the characters only ever wanted literally one job, which was, to be the CEO of Waystar Ryko. It's the only job that anybody ever wanted. There's no other job that was good. It's like right. the only job we're all trying to get is this this one. I do feel like there's a little bit of like by working at this TV executive, like being the 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 setting for the show to be a workplace means a bit inevitably like being fired is a risk, uh, like is a conflict you can create in the show, right? Mm-hmm. And so this idea that Fred was in this position and then Corey's in this position and now yeah, Corey's potentially going to like get ousted. I do think it's compelling the idea that Corey's so has an or so um, like he's rushing to get this deal done, right? Like when he shuts Alex up, that's basically like, hey, like don't f this deal up. Like a two years in the making, you know, to get this done. And at the same time, he might lose his job over it. And at the same time, it's like, well, we're we going to play carousel. I presume not. I presume Stella doesn't get this job because i don't think billy crudup is going anywhere but i don't know yeah it's it's fascinating you know that this is like my storyline that i've been watching from my aerial view pow uh, what's the word pouch porch uh perch is the word i was looking for yeah i and this this in in that sense this episode did not disappoint i I was happy you said last week we kind of needed the greta reveal stuff to like come this episode and we got yeah so it was like it it was one episode later than i wanted but it was literally the next best thing so i was i was pleased hello it is ryan and i was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com i looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes. Ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. The conversation that, and as you said, like, the episode ends with him being basically like, yeah, I messed up. And you... You know, if you want Corey's job, you can have it, which is like just him being ruthless, right? Like, even though it's in her favor, it is so clearly an example of the kind of thing that she knows that he's capable of, Mm -hmm. but it's no less enticing to her. And the idea that like that you and I have been talking about of like how potentially I've been monitoring like the Corey and Stella dynamic, right? And like that horrible thing happened in the restaurant and like how she felt like he wasn't really you know, sympathetic or it wasn't worth it. Or like, you know, she's having all these a little bit more possibly existential questions about like what she's choosing to do and who she's working for. There's an interesting scene earlier where um, Paul asks, like, what do you want? And she outlines all the things that she would do with the name. This is then this is the, this is the exact scene that I want to get to because Mm -hmm. I love this kind of stuff where it's like two characters who know about each other. And then it's like, okay, let's cut through the BS. And she's like, why are you here? And the way she's like, I drink if you've heard me say this before. I love Greta Lee and like the way she says that. Mm-hmm. Why are you here? And then she says, don't tell me it's to save the fourth estate, which is very funny. And then, but he kind of turns it around on her because he talks about Corey and she says, oh, he's some version of he's doing the best he can. And then the the, the network has had many challenges over the last. Yes. Years. And then, and then uh, his response, Paul's response is, why are you defending him? Like they're yeah. both trying to suss out each other's true intentions and true yeah. allegiances and i love that and it's such a short scene because poor Tignataro, who has nothing to do this season has to come oh, man in. yeah has amanda to- come on <laughs> has to literally come in and be like time's up which is and it's such a like cartoonishly short amount i of think time. time's up was the steve carell story <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> all right uh-huh. that is the kind of joke that the morning should deserve i think that uh that it's wonderful. Like there's like this electricity in the air when it's like these two and you're so, and the thing is, right? Like you're so rooting for Stella and you want her so badly to have whatever a moment of triumph would feel like for her and for us. But like, you're also so scared for her because clearly she has a reason to be scared. And I just love the, the quiet moments that we get from her. And like, they do some of like the slow-mo, like, you know, uh, anxiety slash Mm -hmm. uh you know panic attack style like i'm losing focus and i can't hear you anymore and like there's you know some some cool stuff they do with her perspective but the way that she's like picking at her nail oh yeah i forgot about that bleeding 
yeah take like lifting the nail off the skin like it's even hard to understand what she's doing but i forgot yeah I, she she's not this, getting this job like paul is not making thing turn this, to is, this yeah. is horrible and like the idea that and i think it's so much more compelling the show even still kind of in a way that i don't like at this point i'm like okay enough like i don't need you to keep trying to pull the rug out from under me but in the way that they're trying to make you think that even though stella said no and we to mia that like no it wasn't anything like that like he assaulted her or whatever but the show is trying to make us believe that perhaps that is still in play because of the way that she's acting and even up to the point that she says chip i have to tell you about something Mm -hmm. when when chip is looking for like the dirty you know dirty information about him and for it to be that i just love i think that tells us so much about stella's character that they used this I mean, on the it's two things. On the one hand, she was cheated in a sense, right? Like cheated mm-hmm. out of out of money and cheated out of like and and kind of played for a fool. She's mm-hmm. young now. Imagine how young she was when this thing happened. Like she was yep. even younger. She knew nothing, and so it's like the I got cheated part, but then also the like I am responsible for like evil for a form of evil to permeate in the world and i don't even know in how many different ways they have thought to weaponize this algorithm that i created and how much that has weighed on her like it isn't that something was done to her which it was she was cheated like i said but it's more that because of a choice that she made and something that she created now there is like ill out in the world under this irresponsible ruthless person and like how do you even reconcile that and the idea that she might be part of the reason that she wanted to have this job of like being in the news of like i could make a difference like she is now drawn to like trying to make positive change and however you can in a company like this as opposed to like having you know a super kitschy tech job where she's making a gajillion dollars yeah yeah i find that that complexity really interesting in a way that like i you know we knew it wasn't sort of like the same as Mitch Kessler's thing. Like we knew it was not a, you know, sexual abuse or assault or harassment. Like we didn't know what it was. I think this is a pretty good reveal in terms of what the thing is, is that he, she's so afraid of Paul Marks taking over. I thought this was a good reveal in, in, the, in with that twist on it of like, she not only came up with that technology, but then the technology was utilized in a way. And, and she got like cheated out of the, the money. And then also the way it got utilized. I do think this scene here, with Stella and Paul is an example of when the show is like at its best. I mean, these are two tremendous actors and John Hamm and uh, Greta Lee and then also Tig Notaro. Um, but um, <laughs> like he's late and she's like, oh, you're late. And then she's and then he's like, OK, what do you want to do with news? And she's like, oh, getting right to it, huh? And he's like, yeah, well, I came in late. Like, well, I you am know. late as you yeah. Out. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's really it was really good. And yeah, this back and forth at the end, like, why are you interested in this place? You know, it's been treading water since Corey took over. Well, it's had its challenges. Why are you covering for him? I, I like it all. I thought it was really good. It's so good between them. Two great actors. Like you said, probably my favorite reveal though, about Stella is when she is outside on the street, smoking a legal substance mm-hmm. in New York. And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, Stella is a smoker. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Oh, we haven't really, yeah, we haven't been on the, the and famously was in Russian Doll with Natasha Leon. So like, you know, there's some That's synergy right. here with, our, with our, our, our fave smokers. Sweet birthday, baby. Sweet birthday, baby. <laughs> okay. Um, let's talk about Bradley and Hal oy, and Laura oy. and Because this is a little bit, uh, uh, this is, uh, this is for me, 
you know, I, I think this show doesn't want to put people in in buckets of like they always make a good decision. They're always they're good. They're bad. Mm-hmm. Um, this is by far Bradley's worst episode, right? In terms of bringing her brother and his wife or girlfriend or whatever to the studio to interview a January 6th captive uh, char- man who's been charged to basically make sure he does not surrender himself to the FBI. Therefore, she will get in trouble for having deleted footage and knew that he was there. This is, really this is really wild bad. stuff yeah. from the show. And yeah. I had a realization. It didn't hit me because I, I, I rewatched the episode a second time, mm-hmm. uh, kind of in passing, just like left it on in the background. And I had this fascinating idea that like the way that Bradley uses this interview, this guy who's in prison for what he did Mm -hmm. to scare her brother, like you're saying, selfishly and Mm -hmm. irresponsibly, arguably, right? Which Corey takes her to task for. He's like, dude do we have a problem this be even worse if this comes out you know like it's he, gonna... he doesn't say dude but like yeah. I, I of course we immediately think of the last time they talked about it one of the last yeah. times even though it was actually bradley being like you never told anyone right but it was very vague but the last mm-hmm. time they actually talked about it was when she was at his house and he was like we will never speak of this again and yes. i don't want you here that's right and now he's like yet again they're still dancing around and it's like do we have a problem and she's like you're making it worse. Shut up. And Shut I'm like, up. Bradley, I think you're making it worse. But like, you do understand why she's doing it. But what I do love about Bradley in general is the point that you made earlier a little bit that like, she, we watch her make like some really questionable, sometimes offensive choices. And we're like, what the hell is going on? But it's like kind of interesting to watch the chaos. But to my point, she's using this interview irresponsibly to like scare her brother, like scare her brother straight, so to uh-huh. speak. Uh-huh. And it's kind of a microcosm in the the way that the show itself uses real life events and real life issues selfishly and sometimes irresponsibly mm-hmm. for the purposes of just plot. And like many shows have done it, but I think the way that this show does it just feels like even the January 6th thing, we talked about it last week. It's icky at best. It was, it's saved, saved is a strong word. It's, it's like, slightly merited by the fact that like of the twist of the brother i think that's like an interesting piece of it but even that is like let's make it about her let's take like this horrible thing that happened objectively in the real world and like let's make it about her so that she only cares about it because it affects her and it's going to affect her career i just i i like right that like Corey took it her task for it i'm glad someone did he's the only one that can really he's literally the only one that knows about it besides the brother but it's just like, what? What are we doing? Bradley, what are you doing? What are we doing with this stuff? I want this whole storyline to go away. And I'm kind of glad that by the end of it, it seems like it has. No, I don't think it's gone away. Because I think that the fact that there's a secret out there, I think is what has to be what like ultimately like potentially tanks the, you know, whether or not like can Paul Marx actually get a pretty good deal in terms of like if this comes out and like the stock plummets can he be like, oh, I'll buy it for cheaper now? You know, like I think that the way, or like he gets scared and he he backs out. Like if that's how we get Paul Marks out of the equation after a season. I do want to give don't you think... credit because uh-huh. you were the one early on in the season, early enough, that was like, well, because we were kind of predicting like, where do we think this is going across yeah. the border with Paul? And you were the one that was like, 
I think it'll get to like a point where it's gonna happen. We're like right yeah. at the precipice of the deal going through, which is kind of where we are now. And like potentially, what does it mean if like st now we have like a, a possible person, Stella, before already, but certainly more so now, who's like willing to be the the ringleader of like we need to stop this madman yeah. from like acquiring yeah. our company and like choosing the loyalty to Corey. I think that's the most fascinating piece of like where Stella goes forward choosing the loyalty to Corey. Now I'm giving you my aerial view, the loyalty to Corey versus loyalty to this man who she has no reason to trust. Yeah. Well, one of the, the tagline we in the, um, for the show, like a description, the, that um, is actually in the, um, from the press room of Apple TV plus is um, the morning show explores the cutthroat world, the morning news and the lives of people who help America wake up in the morning in season three, the future of the network is thrown into question and loyalties are pushed to the brink. When a tech Titan takes an interest in UBA unexpected alliances form private truths are weaponized and everyone is forced to confront their core values, both in and out of the newsroom. I think the unexpected alliances thing feels like mm -hmm. we're kind of heading into a similar situation in season one, where it's like, there are people who are on the yes, we should sell. And there are people who are like, no, we can't sell team. Yeah. I think is like how we might. And where does everyone up. like fall on that line? Like which side do you fall on? I think is I think could be interesting could be to see where Stella falls now. Now that she's like, well, I don't want to to work for Paul Marks, but also I'm going to get a promotion, right? So. And just like Corey, or or I guess us, kind of evaluating her against Corey and against Corey's right. trajectory as character, is she willing to always do the cutthroat thing for her own personal gain? in this case, getting Corey's job and getting him ousted very much doing what he did right to his predecessor. Like you said, Fred, and what is she, it feels like she's not that stupid, right? Like she's, I think yeah. I, I genuinely think he like would make it happen. Like he would get her promoted. And I think it's very, I, I love, so I love that little like call and response thing that him and her share at the end of the episode. And he's like, what do we say? We don't play oh, by yeah. the rules. We make them. And like, that was yeah. clearly like a thing from back in the day at Hyperion. It probably like still yeah. is part of the culture. And Stella, what are you going to do? Ugh, yeah. I'm so, I'm so excited. I, I think the thing for me here with like Brad, and I do think that like the leak is happening. I think that we'll get the leak of um, that, that it's going to be found out. Maybe Bradley reveals it herself. Like I thought she, she was going to do that when she froze on the news in this episode. I thought she was going to come clean. I which could, would be crazy. I could see this of her taking inspiration from Hal, who is like, he was going to turn himself in. Does like Bradley, in a sense, turn herself in? That like, yeah, I deleted the footage. I don't know what the aftermath of, of that is. And what, and somehow that like affecting the deal in some way. I think that that's still on the table. I didn't mind, like I said, but I did put up the caveat that like January 6th is not as triggering of an event for me as it must yes. be for an American. And I know a lot of people did not did not like the January 6th depiction last week. We're all, we're always recording before the episode. It like releases on, on Apple TV, not to like, you know, uh, that this job is like super hard, but like, we don't get a read on like, Oh, did that land? Well, and sometimes I think we, yeah. You know, and that's tricky. Mm -hmm. I, I think we, we identified that it was again, I want to be careful with how I say it because I think like you, even though I am an American, that's not, like as triggering a thing for me, but obviously I have well, no you trouble. Well, you went. You went. So stop it, Grace. <laughs> <I have> no... <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I have no trouble understanding why someone would be triggered uh -huh. by that at all. Uh -huh. But to me, it was um, 
no less irresponsible for them to do that. And I don't want to downplay the real world part of it, but like no less irresponsible for them to take advantage of that situation. Like they have many situations in real life, like events and even issues in the past. It was just like the morning show being the morning show. But like, you know, if it crossed the line for you, it crossed the line for you. And there's no there's no debating that. Good thing there's been no real political tension in the world that will come up in season four. <laughs> oh my god, no, you're so right. Oh man, I don't need this. I don't want. I don't need to be reliving the problematic recent past with like, every time there's a new season of the morning. Show. Well, do I, really... I not have a show for you? Because the morning show is going to try. Okay, I the, really don't. The piece for me that I don't love is. And I talked about this with the Mitch Kessler storyline and that Jennifer Aniston came out and talked about cancel culture and that she's on, but on the record that like, you know, I don't believe in cancel cultures and we've talked about this before. And my feeling is that the show sometimes tries to be like, you know, like you get taught to do. And, you know, it's like you're writing an essay, make sure you acknowledge the like both sides of the issue, you know? Right, right, right. And I feel like the show does try to do this a lot. So I feel like it did that with Mitch Kessler in a way that I didn't love this idea of well what if we like get the you know he's so remorseful for his actions and 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 what does you know it it mean and like you know it's a television show and whatever but i also think like i feel like the show for me the part of cancel culture that like you know it's like yeah i don't know if if you do that i don't know if you get to work on the news you get to be on the morning news anymore like being the voice of of trust and you know so whatever trust but, truth as they right, are in this truth and trust and whatever and a positions a position of power etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm -hmm. The thing for me that I don't love about where the storyline went is this like immediate like Hal, like I know Hal is like, at least it's like, oh, I'm going to turn myself in less so like, oh, I regret it. But I feel like it's trying to, to a degree, both sides like, well, why did people do, you know, like not why people did, I guess like he's trying to turn. He just, he just got caught up in it, Grace. Like my friends were going. And, and I know I he, just... I know he's like, I'm going to go and I'm going to turn myself yeah, yeah, in. Yeah. And you'll get less of a sentence if you do it. And I don't want to like have this hanging over my head, but there's this like, definitely like, you know, when she's like talking about like, you know, you know, he's talking about his addiction. He's like, Oh, it's always goes back. To I don't know. And there's just like a way about the story that it's so quickly moved from like, first, he was like a person with addiction. Like there's so much has happened between the two of them just in this season alone. There was so much that happened last season, like their parent, their mother died. Right. And she didn't go. And then, and then like he shows up and he's having like it's still to do, you know, and he's getting so but then he's at the Capitol. It's like, I don't know, it's just a little bit like messy for my my liking in my TV, but it's fine. No, for sure. I mean, he's he's the king of mess, right? Like even yeah. Corey said in that scene where Corey goes to Bradley, is like, Do we have a problem? Like I he says, I just know that when you're I'm paraphrasing, when yeah. your brother shows up, it yeah, means right. you know things are about to get effed six ways from Sunday or whatever he says. And he's not wrong. Like, this is like living breathing chaos her brother and mm -hmm. and uh you know juliana margulies character has been trying to get her basically since early season two to like establish more of a boundary with her brother obviously he's doing better now seemingly but like i love that he just shows up and you're like kind of waiting for the shoe to drop right you're like okay he's like happy he has this lovely family he's with what's her name from Grey's Anatomy and, you know, Haunting of Bly Manor and all, mm -hmm. you know, that actress and things seem okay. But the second they have privacy, he's like, I'm going to turn myself away. <laughs> I'm like, oh God, here we go. Here's the, here's the crazy chaos. I know. And the way I do really, and this is where I want to get to like my, my Grey's Anatomy spiel, mm -hmm. this trope of like, 
a character going to another character and trying we have Laura. Let me let me be clear. I don't want to be vague. Uh, Laura's character, Juliana Margulies, mm -hmm. going to mm. Bradley's brother mm -hmm. intentionally when Bradley is not there to have a conversation with him and be like, I think that I am part of the reason that you, you know, you guys are the way you are, that you guys are in the like place that you are. And like, I think that she could be real. I loved this. This is like the I most- I love this scene too. I love this. The most interesting thing that Juliana Margulies' character has ever done on the show, frankly. I would agree. I think there's a the scene with Alex about like, did you gossip was really good, but this is, this is really mm -hmm. good. Yeah. This is great. And like the part that's just like Grey's Anatomy is when you have her talking to him, thinking that she has all the information and he's not, she's not allowing him to speak. She's like, no, 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 wait, let me just say this. Yes. And the way she like, affects him and infects him in a way that makes him change his mind but she's doing it seemingly for the betterment of bradley even though it's like somewhat selfish and she recognizes it like i want to be happy with bradley i genuinely believe that bradley could be happy with me but like she needs to hear from you that it would be okay basically like she has a complete misread of the situation but her intentions are i wouldn't use the word pure but i would use good her intentions are good and the way that his character is affected by it and then like doesn't know and it's so much better for me as a viewer if bradley never finds out that she or if she does find out it'd be like a long time from now and, like what does it mean that this happened a long time ago but like the way that now bradley is free to do a thing because of a choice that laura made it's just so good i don't know there's, there's something about that trope of like I'm going to give you information that you don't have, even though I don't have all the information. And then it's going to infect you to make a choice. It's just mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it's just like narrative and characters. And they, that happens on all shows. But there was something about it that just felt so, so Grey's Anatomy to me because I've seen a version of that scene a million times. And then at the end of the episode, it's like one or the, one of those characters is like is changed and is like, you know, unburdened or whatever. And I I thought it was really cool. The thing I liked about it, I, I really liked the way Laura, I think, pretty genuinely wanted to make sure that Hal didn't come away from that the way that he was expecting it to go. So when she's like, oh, I think every time you come, like it creates this like and he I think he says something like, um, oh, I, 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 I mess things up. And she says, like, no, you're just able to see Bradley in a way that nobody yeah. else is able to see her. I really love that because I think that that's so true. And there's like somebody who like the way relationships work, especially like when you're not close to like, like Laura and Hal aren't close. Right. And there's mm -hmm. this like tension that has been built because of both of their proximities to Bradley and the way that they both Bradley has extreme emotions around both of them because one yeah. is her brother and one is this like woman that she's interested in potentially having a relationship with. And so them talking about how, and I, Laura's like, I think in this situation, like the more experienced, the more mature person. And so the way that she's trying to like explain what she kind of needs, but also not do that in a way that demeans Hal or his relationship to Bradley, yeah. that it's somehow less important. It's just different. I've just, again, like, like the stuff earlier in the episode, I'm like, oh, I don't like this at all. And I think it's like not great writing. And then the show like delivers a scene like this where Laura goes to talk to Hal. And I'm like, this is great. This is so yeah. good. It's, it's really strong. 
So I don't know. It's great. And it's so like, and it feels the best thing about it is it doesn't feel forced. It feels right. genuine. It feels like you completely understand why she did it. You're compelled by the fact that none of them really have all the information. And right. then ultimately it seems like for now, at least Bradley is the better for it. So like this thing that she did, it was half for her, half for Bradley, probably even a little bit for her brother, but it's, Bradley seems happy. And I, and this was when I was like, oh my God, are they, and I think you, you're the one who brought this up before. Like the, is, is Bradley endgame with, I mean, as much as anyone needs to be endgame. Yeah, anyway, Corey or Laura or whoever. Corey versus Laura. And it just seems like things are so good with Laura right now, especially after that conversation that like I have, I like their relationship right now currently than I ever have before. Yeah, same. All right. Um, we talked a little bit about your aerial view, but do you have something you want to highlight from this this episode? I had it in all caps. I spoiled it before. I was like, Stella is a smoker. Stella's a smoker. That's your aerial view. It's like, 10, it's like a 10, yeah. not even. It's like an eight second shot of it's her just good. outside. Um, but no, I think overall the the continuing to monitor her relationship to Corey and the power dynamic and then now this new piece of it like we always knew again because of how Corey got his job that like Stella historically like the show wants you to be thinking about that like would would she be capable of doing of pulling a Corey on Corey right and what do you think do you think what do you think where does the season my best guess is that she is going to and then the deal breaks through so now she still has to report to Corey, but Corey knows that she like yeah, tried to make yeah. a move you know compelling because i was gonna say like i see i can see a world where like she takes it impulsively although i i kind of wouldn't like that but if she takes it impulsively and then right. has to somehow like get help get Corey back into power by taking out paul um but yeah. i I just don't see her in good conscience, like thinking that this is a good idea to take the job, even her personal ambitions aside, like what she wants to do. Yeah. My answer is like, not that I think that she will do. Although I, like I said about Bradley, I do feel like this show is okay with having people who up to a point have made a, have made smart decisions or like good decisions or like gone with like the morally correct decision make a choice that's not good and i feel like we haven't actually really seen stella do that yet i'm trying to like now go through my like role decks of like, right, 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 yeah, no, like I, mia I malia or mia releases the photos right uh alex we've seen alex do this many times bradley this episode like manipulates a january 6 interview right like we've we've seen them all kind of do it not stella yet so i feel like is this moment coming coming you know? and you mentioned mm -hmm. mia i would love i was thinking about this earlier when you were talking about the like what like potentially if they, if a line is drawn in the sand right like pro mark uh pro paul marks excuse me versus against him mm -hmm. like i would love for mia and stella not just to be on the same side but like how so, to somehow work together like i just yeah. love their dynamic so much and i think that it would be it'd be really fascinating to watch them kind of work together to you know, make this not happen or correct, you know, whatever, however it happens to like fix the situation that Paul will inevitably break at this, yeah. at the network. Um, I was going to pick the very subtle moment from Alex uh, as my aerial view, but I'm actually going to just highlight that for the second episode in a row, I believe we can't even 
put Yanko in contention for MVP or LVP because once again, he's Yanko, not on the show. You're over two on Yanko Watts. Where's our Yanko? Where is he? I want to make fun of him. He's Come probably on. like lecturing some person on the, yeah, on a corner right. about that's like right. the culture wars. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Well, that's a good segue into our MVP LVP. Um, do you have any strong thoughts either way to kick us off? Do you have a strong MVP vote or a strong LVP vote? It's kind of I tricky. I feel like I kind of have to give Alex an LVP here. Oh, interesting. Because of because of choosing to sleep with with Paul. Like I, to be clear, I I'm not saying I would have done anything differently. I just say mm-hmm. like, it's such a bad. It's but it's classic Alex, right? As I already said, like she's chaotic, she's impulsive. It's in a way, I think her and Bradley have that in common, right? I'm just thinking of this now, like they're chaos, but but Alex is much more openly ambitious and like aware of that part of herself and the way she's like muddying it up here. And even across the season, like she's not interested. She shuns him. She goes to the thing in the first episode. She doesn't go up to space. Then she goes, then she kidnaps him, you know, in her car. They go to Coney Island. She brings him on the helicopter and now she's sleeping with him. Like, what is she what do you want, Alex? Like, what is it that you're ultimately looking for? I don't know. I don't think she can she can help herself sometimes in how impulsive she is in her choices. I'm giving Alex my MVP vote. Yeah. She, she gets to sleep with John Hamm, Paul Mike, and <laughs> I love the way you're thinking about this. Your mind is clear. And I feel like there's a scene that we didn't really talk about where she goes to Br- Bradley. And she's like, hey, I found about, I'm interviewing Paul Mars. I found out this news about him that could like, totally tank the deal Corey doesn't even know i'm doing the interview like whatever and bradley's like you got to do it right you have to you have to do you have to take the yes. moral stance and you like this is what we do we like speak truth to power we like call out people for their bad behavior and she does it and it and she he, paul marx is attracted to her because of it because she's yeah. so like you know she like the way, they, the way they challenge each other alex yeah. and, and paul i think i yeah. think definitely works and and about that scene specifically that's like another way in which like the show is adding more suspense and like speculation about the Stella part of it, because at that point you don't know. And the idea that like, also Alex is checking in. She like, she knows Bradley well enough to be like, Bradley, are you okay? Mm -hmm. And the way that the show, again, this also felt like very Grey's anatomy of like, she's Bradley doesn't want to talk about it. And she's like, not sure what to do and she want like another and and what's compelling to me is like you really want alex to like push a little bit more like bradley just like talk to me in a way that like laura is doing but of course that's not that's not how it goes in in real life sometimes right like you sense that somebody has put up like a a wall a boundary whatever and you're like okay i'm not gonna push it's none of my business yeah but all you want is for them to talk about it but yeah they have their one scene as I continue to dwell on whether or not they don't want to be around each other in real life. Um, it's a very easy LVP point for me. I also Bradley manipulates a January 6th interview to get her brother to not go to the FBI. It's just, this may be okay. Mitch, Mitch Kessler, the Martin short kid is what is uh, gotta make top 10 worst things people have done on the show. Yes. Yeah, it's pretty bad. I, I, as a sibling, <laughs> as a mother of daughters, as a, as a sibling of siblings, mm-hmm. um, you often um, use the news. I have often used yeah. uh, interviews with, yeah. with 
listened to mm -hmm. affect my brother. No, but there was something about it that I was like, this is so way off base and inappropriate as we already said. Yeah. But there's something about like the way that family affects you, whether it's a parent or sibling specifically, I think those two are especially charged and how they make you do crazy things, but I'm not excusing what she did. I think I caught this and I need to I need to go back, but I believe the guy's name is um Ryder Flynn or Ryder Finn, which Ryder is very Flynn. Yeah, I'm looking at it. Well, that's the Flynn Ryder is the guy from Rapunzel. <laughs> I don't know if this is like is it based on Rapunzel. This is from Tangled, it's not from Rapunzel. From right. Tangled. Anyway, whatever, doesn't matter. Bradley gets my LVP vote. Bradley, let down your hair and save yeah. you from prison. Yeah. Do you um do you have an LVP? You uh, gave your no. You gave yours to Alex. Do you have an MVP? Yes. Yeah. I. I know who you're going to give. I know who you're giving. <laughs> You said, I slotted it in. You said it right before I even myself realized it. Written in pen. It's written but in pen. I, I didn't even change it. You're like, I do my crossword in pen. I it gotta be Stella. Like yeah, her right. coming forward. She she, you know, she self-medicates. She's mm -hmm. gonna she the look on her face when she says to Chip, I have to tell you about something like the trauma there. It's yeah, it, it's, it is good. It's yeah. wonderful. It's wonderful yeah. from Credit yeah, I do. That is good. Uh, I'm happy for her to have that point. Alex at the top of our MVP leaderboard. Christine, me, and Stella all tied for second place, which I can't believe. That's wild. Um, I feel like Stella has <laughs> a million points. crazy. Points. Yeah, Yanko, Hal, and Zach, the ad guy, are at the top of our LVP <laughs> leaderboard. Yanko. Laugh yeah. and smile. All right, we'll be back next week with another recap of The Morning Show, Season 3. In the meantime, Ariel, what else you got going on? And where can people find you? Oh yeah, yeah. I am on the website owned by Real Life Paul Marks, Twitter at mm -hmm. that other Ariel, retweeting everything I'm always covering, covering pusher recaps theater, movies with you, covering Tales from the Loop with you and the Philly. And um yeah, I'm sure there's something I'm forgetting. I always am, but what about you? I know, yeah, same. Uh, I'm talking about Rome every day, the fall of Rome with the M Philly, Tales from the Loop, as you mentioned, or flag means death returned. Um, last week's so recapping that and full spoiler recaps with Jess Sterling. We did the Continental, but next week, uh, Errol, oh. you'll be joining uh, myself and Jess and LT as we talk about the fall of House of Usher, which is the new Mike Flanagan horror show. It's spooky season, so I'm excited. Um, all right, we will be back next week with another recap of the morning show. Until then, have a good morning. Good morning. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, little. 
Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, only by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.